save the king! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the King. I'm your host Zoe Forsey and I'm joined this week by Jennifer Newton, our royal expert for a coronation special. How are you, Jen? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks. Thanks for having me back on. I didn't think you'd be um, describing me as an expert, but yeah, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. You were right in the middle of all the Commonwealth stuff uh, yesterday, doing all the lines from the Mirrors website. And um, We're also going to be joined by Sarah Bradbury later, who's going to give us some insight into the fashion looks. But before we get started, I just wanted to give, just to give a little heads up that Jen and I are both recording from home today because of illness, train strikes, all the signs that did not want us to record in the office today. So that is why our sound probably isn't quite as good as normal. So we do apologise for that. But hopefully uh, producer Dan is going to work his magic and make us sound like we're sitting opposite each other rather than miles away from each other. So obviously this was King Charles's first Commonwealth Day celebration since he became monarch last year. Uh, The theme from the event was forging a sustainable and peaceful common future. And I thought it was, I always love Commonwealth Day. I think it's such an exciting event. It's obviously got the kind of the royal aspects, but there's also always great entertainment and great performances. Um, I thought it was a great event. How did you find it? Yeah, great, great performances, some really good music, I thought, and some, um, you know, great dancing and that sort of thing. So yeah, I thought it was really good and um, a really good showcase for the Commonwealth, really. So the Westminster Abbey was obviously packed with, we had faith leaders and dignitaries from across the UK and across the Commonwealth. And there are also hundreds of school children there, which is one of the reasons I love this event because it's always, you. I just think it's fantastic. You watch them, we were chatting in the office, weren't they? And they're kind of, because they had to get in there half an hour before. And that's quite a long time to expect, you know, like seven, eight-year-olds to sit still. And then you've got the whole hour-long service. But they were there before, were waving their flags and looking very excited. And then just to watch the looks on their faces when all the acts come through and when they see the king in real life. I think that's really exciting. Um, But also we had all the senior royals were there. So we had the king and queen. uh, We had the prince and princess of Wales. uh, We had Edward and Sophie, of course, the new Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh. And we had Princess Anne. Um, They all arrived separately, as they do. But they all faced the same struggle when they walked up the steps, didn't they? In that they they had to battle the wind a bit. Yeah, it was was a very, very windy day on Monday wasn't it like I, when I was coming into work into the office on Monday morning I did think quite blustery outside this could, could this could pose a problem and it did didn't it for the royals as they were going in you could see they had to wouldn't exactly say battle but you know had to contend with the elements um on on, on arriving at the abbey and um it nearly almost got the better of both Kate and Camilla didn't it I often say on this podcast how disappointed I am that I don't get to wear hats more often but this was a day that I was definitely very glad that I did not have to wear a hat because they were both kind of Camilla in particular. I think it looked like Camilla got, Anne seemed fine, Sophie seemed all right, but it seemed that as soon as Camilla, the winds had really picked up when she would, and she was really having to hold on to that beautiful yeah, blue yeah, hat. Yeah, she didn't she? take a hand, a, her, um, her hand off her head, did she, as she uh, as she walked in? Um, that would have been, you know, not a great look, would it? The, her, the hat that she's probably paid a lot of money for, just, you know, Rolling yeah. down the streets of London, so yeah, chasing down after it. It. <laughs> it reminds me of was it Meghan and Harry's wedding that it was really, or no, Princess Eugenie's maybe that it was really windy, and that was when all the guests were walking in and hats were going everywhere, and it was just, it was, it's a very mean thing to say, but it was quite entertaining to watch. <laughs> but it was, no, no, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, 
Now, one of the lovely moments you always get from Commonwealth Day is they all arrive, obviously, in their separate cars, and then they stand at the back of the abbey and kind of have a chat um, before the senior royals take part in the uh, procession to take their seat. Um, and you actually chatted to a lip reader, didn't you, uh, who kind of revealed what some of the chats were that happened? Uh, yeah, so we talked to a lip reader because we could see that the way they were chatting away and it was like, it was... We were just like, what What are they actually saying? We would love to know. So we asked the lip reader and um, like us, they were also talking about the weather, very British, saying how windy it was. William asking Camilla, did your hat almost blow away? And she was like, yeah, my hat almost blew away. And Kate was also um, saying how her hat almost blew, blew, blew away as well. Um, and then eventually they got into the position, didn't they? And um, that's when um, Camilla said to Charles, her husband, um, I could use a drink after this, obviously after the end. <laughs> Slightly traumatic entrance to uh, to Commonwealth Day, so yeah. I don't blame her. It's it's a stressful occasion, everyone. Anyway, knowing that you've got to do that walk in heels with everyone watching you, and then to add some wind into it as well, I don't blame her. I would definitely want a quite strong gin and tonic after that as well. Um, definitely. But lots of people were wondering. So obviously, we've seen this event several times before, and they always have this little chat. But normally, we see Kate. Uh, perform a curtsy but we that didn't happen this time and lots of kind of royal fans were left wondering why Kate didn't curtsy when she talks obviously she does curtsy to uh, Queen Camilla and to King Charles but why what's the royal protocol around this so yeah they would curtsy but they would only curtsy the once maybe the first time in the day when they when they would see each other so it suggested to me that the reason why Kate didn't curtsy in Westminster Abbey is probably that she'd already seen Charles and Camilla earlier that day and had already carried out the curtsy. So you only just do it the once. So maybe, I don't know, maybe they had a nice lunch at Buckingham Palace before going to Westminster Abbey or a nice cup of tea or something like that. So yeah, the reason why they didn't curtsy was because um, she obviously, obviously saw them earlier in the day. Oh, that'd be. Hopefully, they did manage that because obviously it's quite a late, not a late afternoon event, but normally royal things tend to happen at like ten, eleven o'clock, don't they? But Commonwealth Day is always in the afternoon, so hopefully they did get a chance to pop yeah. in, and um, because obviously yeah. the uh, Waleses would have driven in from Windsor uh, for the occasion. Um, so yes, so then they the royals walked in. So the eight kind of senior royals walked to the procession and they took their seats. Uh, the king and queen in the front row next to. Uh, the Prince and Princess of Wales, and then you have the other members of the family sitting behind them. Um, but yeah, really lovely to see as you get, it's always an event where they're kind of, you see them chatting to each other and exchanging words and just that kind of personal side of it. Um, and then we had lots of lovely uh, performances, lots of really interesting uh, acts. There was the, um, it was the woman playing the saxophone who, who I think stole the show from me. That was great, wasn't it? Yeah, because not only was she playing the saxophone, and she was kind of doing a little dance routine she at the really same was. time. I thought it was really impressive. Yeah, in and great big music. heels, in big yeah, high yeah. heels. Like I could not have done that. She was brilliant. If anyone hasn't watched that, I would strongly recommend that you have a little look through the internet and watch that clip because she was absolutely fantastic. And um, another kind of big event of the of the service was uh, King Charles giving his Commonwealth address. Now, this was a slight change of tradition because the Queen tended to pre-record or would submit a written message, which was in the programme. But uh, Charles decided that he wanted to actually give this in person. Um, and it was a really, a really nice message, actually, wasn't it? He spoke very well. Um, I thought it was, you know, it was, he did really well with it. Yeah, I thought it was really nice. I thought it was really nice that he actually delivered it in person. 
um, at the Abbey from the pulpit. I mean, obviously, we've seen him give speeches quite a lot recently since he's become king, and I think he's quite a good he's quite a good orator actually. I think he gives quite a good speech, and um, yeah, the content of what he was saying as well was actually quite um, quite interesting. He started off with a tribute to his beloved mother, and we're going to have a quick listen to a bit of that now. Commonwealth Day was an occasion of particular pride for my beloved mother, the late Queen. A treasured opportunity to celebrate our Commonwealth family, to whose service she dedicated her long and remarkable life. In succeeding Her Majesty as head of the Commonwealth, I draw great strength from her example, together with all that I have learnt from the extraordinary people I have met throughout the Commonwealth over so many years. The Commonwealth has been a constant in my own life, and yet its diversity continues to amaze and inspire me. Which I thought was really sweet, wasn't it? That he kind of spoke about how much the Commonwealth meant to his mother and, you know, because he obviously took on the position of head of the Commonwealth from her. It was one of the things that she really wanted to hand down to her oldest son. And so it's really lovely that he kind of mentioned her in that, you know, the first one that she's, you know, hasn't been there for. Obviously, I know she didn't attend a couple of her final ones, but she still obviously gave that message. Um, and then he went on to kind of uh, issue a, a call uh, to to the family of nations, urging them to strive together to achieve a common goal, a, a global common good. Um, and it was, you know, as you said, a really, really moving message, especially because of everything that's going on at the moment. Yeah, I thought it was a really good message about, you know, global common good. And I think it kind of set the tone for what he is going to do and because as well as being a king you have to remember that he's also head of the commonwealth and how he intends to take on that role from his mother and yeah how what what he wants to do um he also you know kind of alluded to climate change and that sort of thing you know addressing those sort of um issues so yeah i think it kind of set the tone for what he intends to do as his head of the commonwealth now the There were some protesters outside, and this is something that Russell and I have been discussing quite a lot in recent weeks uh, because, you know, we are seeing more and more protesters. There were quite a large number um, of, there was a large number of spectators and there were quite a few protesters out there, again, carrying the the yellow placards with with the words, not my king on, which we are now starting to get quite used to seeing, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, what I think it was, was it last week or the week before when Charles and Camilla were in Colchester? Um, there was protesters there with the same sort of placards um, in Milton Queens a few weeks ago. And yeah, I think um, this is the campaign group, the anti-monarchy campaign, campaign group Republic, who have said that they're going to start to target some events where the king is going to be in the lead up to the coronation and we might at the coronation itself. So yeah, I think it's something that he's probably good enough to the coronation and possibly beyond. Cool. Now, I've just got a little drop in now because Sarah and I uh, sat down to talk through some of the amazing fashion looks that we saw uh, at the event yesterday. Because there were great looks from Kate, Camilla and uh, well, all four of the Royal Women actually looked brilliant. So let's listen to that now. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Very well. How are you? Very well. Thank you very much. And thanks for joining me to talk about some of the amazing looks we saw at Commonwealth Day. Uh, We've got Kate to talk about. We've got Camilla. We've got a bit of Anne and uh, some Sophie. But I, for me... Kate stole the show. I thought she looked absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, she's wearing Erdem, and I think ever since she got the title of Princess of Wales, she's really kind of having a bit of a Diana moment, like the peplum, the fitted cohorts. Obviously, we've spoken before in depth about like the Queen's love for a cohort, but I really feel like she's nailing the kind of cinched in waist silhouette pieces that we kind of loved that Diana would wear and you know the floral print is very on trend for spring obviously this is Erdem's pre-fall 2023 collection so she's kind of really nailing it already but yeah she just looks absolutely stunning like really really gorgeous and I just think this outfit and this whole entire look just looks so put together and obviously she's wearing the double drop sapphire and diamond earrings little princess Diana's um and a Prince of Wales feather brooch, which was a gift from King Charles. But yeah, everything about this outfit I'm obsessed with. And I think I'm really loving my transition and where kind of her fashion's taking her. And I just can't wait to see more in 2023. Now, the jacket and the skirt obviously had the, the you know, the, the matching pattern. And when I felt, when she first stepped out, I thought it was polka dot. And it was only when she got closer that I saw it was. It's it's floral, isn't it? It's kind of teeny tiny little like almost bouquets of flowers. And mm-hmm. I just thought the detailing was gorgeous. And the other, you know, we know that um Erdem was so good at the, the smaller details, but also the lining that had the kind of uh, reverse pattern. It was the white with the blue pattern on, which you didn't really you only saw a few glances of kind of when the wind caught her. Jed and I have just been discussing how they all had the wind was the was not their friend uh, as they walked in. But it was also what I loved was there was the contrast if you had this, obviously, the really powerful shapes with the really soft pattern. And then there was just this zigzag stitching that felt very modern. Yeah, I agree. And I just, yeah, I'm just obsessed with this entire look. Like, she's just looks so elegant. And I feel like, yeah, she's really kind of having a fashion moment. And, you know, we were talking in depth about when she was wearing gloves and seeing more of that from her. So I think she's really stepping it up a notch with the, like, the new type. It's kind of like new job, you know, new wardrobe. So for her, it's kind of like, you know, new title. Let, let's kind of go back to basics, but also like let's stick with tradition, but add her own very feminine, very cutesy um, and just very like pretty, delicate touch. And as you mentioned, she was wearing the uh, the Prince of Wales brooch. Obviously, that's got the three feathers. The three, fe- my gosh, can't speak. The three feathers on it, which is a beautiful piece, and it's one of these um, royal pieces where it can be a brooch, it can be a necklace. You know, there's there's a another jewel at the bottom that they can attach, depending on how fancy they're, fan- you know, feeling. How many how many jewels do I want on these this piece? Um, but she was also wearing Diana's. Uh, these are the double drop sapphire and diamond e- 
earrings. And these I always remember because these are the ones she wore, you know, those fo famous photos where she danced with John Travolta and she's in the black, gorgeous, tight velvet gown and, you know, they're kind of spinning around. And that's what I always remember these iconic earrings as being. So lovely to see that Kate's, you know, bringing them to more, you know, because this was a historic occasion. It was Charles's first Commonwealth Day and it's really nice to see her bringing those out for the big special occasions as well. Yeah, agreed. I mean, in comparison to Meghan, Kate's very stripped back with her jewellery and accessorising and she does, you know, she'll always do like a nod here and a touch there, but she'll never kind of layer or stack jewellery like Meghan would do. And that's, you know, I love that about Meghan. I love how she likes to experiment. But with Kate, she's very much more like traditional. Like if she has one piece, she'll kind of focus the rest around that. It's like her focal point. Whereas, you know, we've seen Megan stack tennis bracelets and Cartier bracelets and like diamond bracelets with her, like, her watches and stuff. Whereas Kate's never really done that. She's kind of like, oh, if I'm doing earrings, sometimes I'll do a necklace, sometimes she won't. She might just do a necklace. So I, I think I, I like, you know, she's really kind of carrying on like, you know, what we know and love about her and kind of sticking to what she knows rather than going crazy and just chucking, you know, loads of jewels on these days. And Erdem's a brand that we've seen Kate in quite a lot before, haven't we? And I, I don't think it was—I don't think it was a make that I'd heard of. Obviously, I know nothing about fashion, um, but it wasn't a brand I'd heard of it until Kate started wearing it. But she's been, and it's the floral patterns they're quite famous for. Is that right? Um, yeah. So she's worn a lot of florals by Erdem before, and it's kind of—they're kind of quintessentially known for their very flamboyant prints and floral you know decoration but I think Kate's worn quite a few dresses I've probably put in like the region of maybe like up to 10 um she's a huge fan of the brand uh, I think she first wore it in 2011 when she went to Canada um and ever since then she's kind of worn bits and bobs here and there but I think she wore a dress when they went to the um Heads Together charity I think she wore Erdem uh, in India. Um, I think she's worn it to like, you know, engagements in Manchester. Um, so yeah, she's worn, you know, a lot of their pieces before, but what we, you know, what's really good about Erdem is they're very kind of structured, very like feminine, very tailored pieces. And Kate's a huge fan of that. This probably isn't the look they're going for, but they remind me in a good way of kind of wallpaper fabrics you know that kind of thing of like wallpapers and sofa that really detailed beautiful high quality fabrics um and I just think it, it just it feels historic somehow it feels like there's you know this kind of ties in which I absolutely love um, and hopefully we get to see some more some more looks like that this year and I also want to talk about her hair because it was quite the it was quite the impressive updo wasn't it it looked very intricate there was lots of knots and wraps and you know there's a lot going on top well done to the hairdresser yeah i'm just kind of looking at the picture now it almost looks like a croissant i'm kind of i'm, in, I'm into it <laughs> does make me want to eat one though um yeah it's kind of there is a lot of like intricate folding and kind of crossing bits over and like overlapping but yeah, I mean, I'm, I would love to guess how many bobby pins were kind of stuck <laughs> to keep that in place and cans of hairspray. But again, it's just, you know, very Kate, very elegant, you know, matching it with the hat and the suit. She just looks incredible. Um, and I just, yeah, I just am a big, big, big fan of what she's been wearing so far this year and can't wait to see more. 
And William, again, looked really very smart in a navy suit and had that blue tie, you know, that they like to coordinate their outfits. And I think that looked really well and really complemented each other. It kind of matched more. Her hat was a slightly lighter shade of blue, more of a kind of royal blue. And that, I think, tied in with William's tie as well, which I thought was a, a great look. They always do as they, you know, standing side by side. It looks very striking. Um, keeping with the blue theme, Camilla looked gorgeous. It was such a bright blue that she went for. Yeah, she really, really did. Um, she, I, I kind of, yeah, I, the, the, uh, sorry, the Royals have always been fans of like the navies and pops of colour here and there. But yeah, Camilla looked incredible. Um She's wearing sort of like a sapphire, I think it's like a wool crepe dress and a coat by Fiona Clare. And then she has obviously the classic Philip Treacy um, feather beret. But yeah, she just looks like a lady who knows what she's doing. Like I'm a, I'm a big fan. And also the coat and the stitching on the coat's gorgeous. There's kind of real details around both the collar um, and with the, the buttons, which again, Matt's thing, but they're really, they're like fabric buttons, they almost look like, don't they? Which, so it's not quite as striking as if it was a, a metal or a different material, but it just all goes perfectly together. I think it's a beautiful coat. Yeah, and I like the fact that her pearl earrings are matching her brooch. And then I can see on her wrist, she's stacked some Van Cleef and her pearl um, bracelets up, which are like gold. So that also kind of ties into her outfit. So yeah, she's, She's accessorized really, really well here, and I'm a huge fan. And obviously, the leather gloves are just sort of like that kind of finishing touch for for um, Camilla. Yeah, the the black gloves with also just the black uh, clutch bag and just the kind of quite simple black heels. As you said, it kind of gives all your attention goes to to the hat. I think on this one and to the and to the jacket. But yeah, a lovely look for Camilla. And like I said, very glad that she managed to keep hold of that hat because we weren't entirely sure at one point. Yeah, oh my God, yeah, I know. You can see her kind of hanging on to it for dear life. I'm also just looking at her shoes. I believe they've got a rubber sole, which is very sensible because it'll add <laughs> extra grip on those cobbles. So I think she definitely knows what she's doing. It's a great idea. As you said, you can't, as I've mentioned to Jen before, you know, it's walking up those steps when it's rainy and blistering horrible and you know that you've got however many photographers on you. So yeah, big fan of some sensible shoes. Big fan. Um, and on to Sophie. Sophie looked lovely in a kind of, is it is it white or cream? I think it's cream. I would say cream. Yeah, it was a beautiful uh, beautiful coat, a long coat, which obviously is the fashion at the moment, um, with kind of big, big pocket design and the black buttons. Yeah, so she is wearing, I'm going to probably butcher the pronunciation of this, but Prezena, no, I'm not going to do it. She's wearing a beautiful designer um, <laughs> coat. Which is in, you know, kind of around two and a half thousand pounds. And then she's got a, got a matching Jane Taylor crown pillbox hat. And I love a pillbox hat. I think we've seen these throughout the years on members of the royal family. Um, and yeah, she, I love the fact, you know, she's kind of stuck with very much the cream theme with a bit of black. You know, we can see a nod to the black bow on the, on the hat. Her brooch is very, very simple. She's not, you know, she's kind of got, I think, very, very small pearl and black drop earring, green bag, and then less sensible shoes than Camilla, but still a gorgeous pair of shoes. I really love it. As you said, I thought her hat was beautiful because it's uh, the kind of cream design. It had that really statement black bow on on the back of it. And I just thought it was really beautiful. I love these hats anyway. And I just think this was the perfect one for her. It looks so nice. 
as she stepped out the car and you kind of saw her coming out. I thought it was a gorgeous design, very simple, but uh, very classy. Yeah. Yeah, she looks wonderful, like really, really lovely. And I'm loving seeing more of the other royal family members coming out and coming to more of these engagements in their fashion because it's it's just it's just so lovely to see. And I thought Prince Edward looked lovely as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, the new Duke of Edinburgh. We've seen him once since he got this title before, but this is kind of a first big royal event. But he had the pinstripe, uh, which I... Is, is, that, is that a double-breasted blazer? Is that what that is? It is, indeed. Oh, see, I see you've taught me well, Sarah. Um, but with a polka dot tie, which is nice. Just the, the combo of the patterns, you know, you don't tend to see as much, but I think it works really well here. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's giving me mob vibes, but I'm a huge <laughs> fan of a pinstripe suit. I think it's very, very classy. And I love his tie. And it reminds me of the dress from Pretty Woman. And then I think Kate wore one very similar, which we've touched yes. on before. But yeah, I love the fact he's kind of clashing stripes with polka dots. And obviously he's kept it, you know, very, very simple with the kind of white, white shirt. But I also kind of feel like the, the polka dot colour is very similar to the shade of Sophie's coat and outfit. So maybe that's a little touch for her. I was going to say, I think she's kind of got some inspiration from Kate's twinning vibes there. And she's bought it. She's, you know, convinced Edward to get in with, on, get in with it as well. But no, it was lovely. So which of the three was your favourite? Oh, I'm going to go Kate. I completely agree. I absolutely loved Kate's. I think it was just a real, I just said it was a statement piece. Um, and it was gorgeous. And I forgot because she wore, I was looking back through pictures last year. And last year she wore that bright blue, very similar to the colour that Camilla wore this year, actually. But she wore that, but I think by navy always risks being a bit boring. But I think uh -huh. the, the pattern on it, I think really brought it out. And I think it was a beautiful look. And with that hat as well. And the contrast of, like you were saying before, the material and the wind blew, you can kind of see that underneath it was white with blue rather than blue with white. And I just think it adds like an envelope of fun. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me, Sarah, and we will catch up soon. Pleasure. Have a great day. Lovely. Thanks so much, Sarah. And Jen, what was your favourite outfit from the day? Oh, I don't know, because Kate... I kind of like Kate, but I know that it was quite, um, it had a mixed reaction, hasn't it? But I think I really liked Sophie and the um, the white uh, the white coat with the hat, very Jackie Kennedy style hat. So yeah, I think that was my favourite actually. How about you? Yeah, definitely. I think I was Kate, though I did love Kate, but I loved Sophie's hat. I think she looked absolutely lovely, um, as she always does. Now, we've obviously gone through the roles who were there. But there were a few big names missing as well. And I think I was very disappointed that we didn't get to see George, Charlotte and Louis. Obviously, we've seen them at a few, you know, we've seen them quite a lot now. They were at Kate's Carol concert. They were obviously at lots of the events uh, following the Queen's passing. Um, but you made the very good point that, of course, they were at school. It's a Monday afternoon. Yeah, it was a Monday afternoon. It was school. It's during school term. So, yeah, it's probably not that surprising that they didn't go we know that William and Kate don't like to you know seem to like to interrupt their education at the school life so yeah it was disappointing but totally understandable at the same time also we didn't see many of the kind of less senior royals uh princesses Beatrice and Eugenie and going back over the past years it's kind of a bit hit and miss as to whether they attend isn't it like they've there have been some years where it's felt like we've had the whole family you know the tin you know we've had Zara Tyndall there we've had the York sisters um but you know, not so much in recent years. 
obviously we know that Charles wants to have a, you know, is working towards a slimmed down monarchy, but also now, you know, Beatrice and Eugenie are both mums. Uh, Eugenie, we know, is yep. pregnant. There's, you know, they're, they're, they've got lots going on as well, haven't they? Yeah, they've got lots going on. So, yeah, the, the royals that were there on, um, on Monday were just, you know, the ones that you would class as the working royals, the ones that are carrying out the royal engagements day to day. So kind of fits in with what, you know, has been said for a long time now that Charles wants to have a slimmed down monarchy. And I think you could definitely tell that when they were walking through in the procession, you know, there was only the four couples, the eight, the eight people there. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get to see the likes of Beatrice and Eugenie, but yeah, they have gone for a few years. And yeah, like you said, they actually have jobs to hold down as well. So again, maybe not a surprise that we didn't see them there, but it, even though it would have been nice. And of course, Prince Andrew hasn't been at a Commonwealth uh, Day service since 2019, since he stepped back from his jo- um, royal duties. Um, were you surprised not to see him? I wasn't. I was never expecting him to see him. No, I wasn't expecting him to be there whatsoever. Um, like you say, stepped back, not a working while anymore. And yeah, no surprise that he wasn't there on Monday. And we know from all the different reports that have been out there, we know that Charles is being quite firm with, you know, we'll see the Queen was still involving her son in some events when she could, but this was very much, it felt like, a, you know, Charles has made his feelings quite clear about his brother's position when it comes to royal events. Um, and yeah, I found that picture, of uh, you mentioned that picture of the four of them in the procession, really striking actually, because it is, that is the senior royal family now, the, the eight, the kind of core eight um, members of the family who are there, the six to support Charles and Camilla. Um, but yeah, it was a really contrasting picture, actually. And also you saw the difference between the Commonwealth Day in 20, when 2019, which had Meghan and Harry in it. Um, and, you know, just to see the same royal, same positions, but the different royals in them, I thought, spoke spoke volumes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think as well, they, the, from the royals that were there, they seemed to be quite a tight bunch, Um when you were talking about before, when they were having um, a little chat before, you saw Sophie, I don't know if we can call her Wessex now, is she Sophie Wessex, Sophie Edinburgh? Kind <laughs> Sophie of Edinburgh just doesn't have the um, same. It doesn't have the same, it doesn't have the same ring, does it? But um, yeah, she she kind of gave a little playful, almost shoulder barge to um, to Charles, didn't she, um, beforehand, before the procession. And um, yeah, they seem to like get on well. Um, and I'm sure, you know, all, all of the ones that were in the procession were kind of, are kind of trusted by the king and um, he knows he can count on them. They're, you know, safe pairs of hands. Like That's true, actually. We know that Kate and Sophie are extremely close and have been for several years now. So that kind of makes sense as well of having them all there, you know, as a real tight, trusted bunch, which I think is exactly what Charles and Camilla need at the moment and will need for, you know, for their reign. Um, but obviously two roles we didn't see there who, again, we weren't expecting to see were Meghan and Harry. Um, it's one of these ones, to be honest, they probably wouldn't have gone anyway now that they are based in the US. But with yeah. tensions seemingly going from bad to worse, it feels like on a weekly basis, things are getting more and more strained. And um, so, you know, no, nothing from them at all. But I was kind of wondering if there would be a message. You know, obviously they were, they were really involved in the Commonwealth for their brief time as working royals. Yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised if there were some sort of message on Monday from them. But again, no surprise that there wasn't. 
it's quite funny, isn't it? Commonwealth Day, and um, we talk about it all of the time, is kind of being the last um, engagement for Harry and Meghan. So they kind of do have that connection to it. And I think they always will have that connection to it. Obviously, those pictures of Meghan in that green dress. Um, and they talked about it quite a lot, lot in the documentary, didn't they? Um, how they were getting ready. And it was kind of like their last, you know, their last big event before um, stepping down as working royals. So they've always got a connection to it. But yeah, I kind of not massively surprised that they didn't mark the day or say anything to mark the day. And this was one of these things that I think Commonwealth Day would have been such an interesting day had the, the original kind of, you know, stepping back plan when Meghan and Harry were, were going to live in Canada. Cam- Canada is obviously in the Commonwealth. So that could have been, you know, a really lovely event if they did fly, if they were still living in Canada, they could have flown over for it. There almost could have been like joint celebrations across, you know, them doing it over there and the rest of the royal family doing it here. So this to me just feels like one of those days that it feels a bit sad that there isn't that opportunity to have them involved. Um, but as you said, we will see what happens. The conversation's still going on about the coronation. I don't know about you, but I thought it's a different report every day about they're coming, they're not coming, they're still not decided. Um, but yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think anyone can say for certain that they definitely will come or they definitely won't come. It's kind of still up in the air. I mean, we know that they've been invited, um, that they've had that email and that correspondence with the palace. So yeah, I think it's just a case of waiting and seeing um i think it will be very much like the jubilee maybe be a last minute a last minute announcement or last minute decision on their behalf of, of whether they'll um whether they'll be here or not for it fantastic lovely jen well thank you so much for joining me uh to talk about all things commonwealth day and uh, it's been lovely to chat and always uh thank you to all our listeners and we are on socials at pod save and until next time pod save the king